0: Healthy living intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship. Give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your health care provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to
1: heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living
2: Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa, podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is Head Above Water. When overwhelmed with anxiety, how do we find serenity to overpower the panic? You know, these days, a lot of people are prone with nervousness, dread, and jumpy, jumpiness. These days, everyone seems to have tension, worry that seems to lead to digestion, muscle tension, fatigue, insomnia. What you need to know there's a connection between intuition and anxiety, a big connection. Why? Well, for one thing, Anxiety is protective. It leads us to help us protect us and our loved ones from going in the wrong direction. If you are somebody who finds yourself in an early morning hour, In that twilight state where you have this nameless anxiety, restlessness, you need to know that sometimes people wake up during that time. It's the time when we are in deep REM sleep. REM is when our brains fire in the area. For intuition, Mm -hmm. we have micro seizures in the area for dreaming and for memory. But that is the area that is very active in people who are hyperintuitive, the area in the temporal lobe. All of us have a mechanism for intuition in our brain, for mysticism. And this area fires during dreaming every night. A lot of times, if we're very upset about something, we'll wake up at 4 a.m. They call this terminal insomnia. We can't get to sleep. That's also the time when we dream. Dreams of when we're supposed to get information about the divine. But it's also a time when we wake up with that nameless anxiety. It's almost like intuition is visiting us. About friends, family, a kind of worry thought. We might wake up with that sense of dread. What's going on with that friend? is somebody sick in my family? I wonder if that person's health is failing. And that may flavor our mood for the rest of the day. It's different than if you're always been a nervous thing. You always worry about whether you lock the front door. You always lock worry about if you have enough money. You always worry if your kids are warm enough with enough of a coat on or something like that. That's different. That's free floating chronic anxiety. That's the chronic anxiety problem. That's different. Those are worry thoughts like you have ants in your house, ants on the brain. This is different. That's not intuition. That's ants on the brain. And that may be a biochemical genetic disorder. A problem with GABA and serotonin. And we can talk about that. But that's different. In today's world, there are so many people who have problems with studying, work, money, housing, homelessness, losing someone, losing their health. That unless you have your head buried somewhere, somewhere, that you can't help but notice that intuitively or it's right in front of you. And you have the apparatus in your brain and body to pick it up like an air traffic controller. And after a while, we all start to develop a twitch. Even you ask people, they say, well, I don't watch the news. Oh, come on now. Everybody looks nervous. They look nervous. They look like they are twitching. And so what do we do with all this free-floating fear? What do you do with anxiety? Whether it's someone else's life, health, well-being that's been threatened, chances are if you pick it up, it's because you've experienced it. Your brain and body resonates with someone else who's experiencing the same thing now. You resonate with it. It's like a pitchfork. Your body vibrates with the same vibration of their suffering or you relate to it. That's why you might say to somebody, you know, I feel for you. You literally do. And the area of your body feels for them too your heart might flutter, your digestion might flutter, your insomnia or sleep might fail, your skin rash may flutter, and so on and so on. You might not even notice that your intuition, your anxious intuition is there. You might get breathless when you hear about that latest struggle they've had with their their child. your your heart rate might start getting quicker. Like I didn't even realize, I wondered why my heart rate was up again. 150, 170 beats. Only when I brought my cats to a checkup did I realize my cat had hyperthyroidism, which is a cause for your heart rate going up. And once she went medicated, my heart rate went down again. Who knew? I was completely disconnected. That, lump in your throat that muscle tension that grinding in your teeth unless you're aware of these body tells these forms of medical intuition that feeling of nausea the feeling of cold the butterflies in the stomach or maybe all of a sudden you're acting different these are forms of medical intuition where you, people are saying you know you're acting different you're like no i'm not i'm the same person You get indignant. They say you're running around a lot. You're very hyper lately. You sound nervous. You cry a lot. Um, You seem to um, be shaky. Uh, You always seem to be sweating, going in and out of the bathroom a lot. You're like, well, you know, I I think I've been eating a lot of fruit. No, you're not. (laughs) You're nervous. Or you're picking up somebody else's nerves. These are important to know. What are you picking up? In medical intuition, there are some steps you can do. When this starts to happen, you have to stop. Ask yourself Has my life been threatened? Am I in a new situation where I feel I've been threatened? Am I in a situation that reminds me of a past? when I was threatened? Do I feel alone? Do I think that I'm leaving the security of my home? Or do I believe that I'm going to be hurt? Do I believe I'm going to be rejected, criticized, embarrassed, and so on? Or if the answers to all of those are no, and you're having all those symptoms in your body, then you have to ask yourself, this is not my fear. This is not my anxiety. This is intuition. For someone else I love. And then you have to look around and ask who it might be. Because chances are your anxiety, nervousness, and panic are intuitive nervousness and panic. Once you start to register where they are, then you can get serenity. And serenity is very important because if you notice someone is suffering. You can do something to help them once. You can talk to them. You can talk to them twice. But in the end, you cannot help them take a shortcut for the growth in their life. You can't. You can lead them to a solution in their life, but you can't force them to partake in it. You can't. I can give my cat a pill, but they can spit them out. Believe me, done, I'm done with the pilling of the cat. You can, you can hide it in a biscuit. You can hide it in the, you know, anything. And the cat's going to spit it out if they want it. And the same thing with the solution to a spouse, a child, or whatever. You can say, you know what? If I were you, I would fill in the blank. And they can spit out the solution just like a cat will spit out a pill. In the end, you can only do so much. And then you can pray to their, that they have a higher power and you ain't it. That's the same with somebody that you read about in the news, a country that's suffering and so on. You have to be able to acknowledge that just because you got the signal, intuitive signal for their suffering. Because you got the intuitive email. It may be a sign that you're supposed to have an intentional thought for them. But it doesn't necessarily mean you're supposed to solve it. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. And we're talking about head above water. We're taking your calls during the show for a mini reading. You can call 207 846 6475, 207 846 6475 for a mini reading. Shy, if you want a re- reading and you don't want to call during the show, you can get a private reading by going to www.drmonaLisa.com, www.drmonaLisa.com or calling 207 846 6475. I'm getting the the hotline, the red telephone in place for the calls. But subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And remember this forum is educational only. It's not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give a diagnosis, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. And please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. But if you're sitting here listening to this or engaged in this show, And you are in an emergency. Back away from the podcast. Push yourself away from the podcast. And go directly to the emergency room. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200 or whatever it is. The currency in your area. I am opening up the line for people who want to call for a free mini reading, 207-846-6475 on the hotline. And for the people who are in the live studio audience versus whatever else you'd call it if they weren't live studio audience, I guess sleeping. you, I'm available for you to ask a question. So we have June here. We have Anne, Maria, Melissa. Put your hand up, please, if you have a question, Dr. Tacey Holliday, Anne Marie, Kathleen O, Annalita from Germany. Dawn's got a hand up. I am unmuting her. How can I be of help, Dawn? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa, can you hear me? Yes, I can. You sound very healthy and have very clear addiction.
3: How can I be of help? (laughs) <laughs> That's fabulous. So I, I can relate to the um putting my tentacles out there and getting entwined with clients and family. And m- my practice is like, I just think of my plants or like come back to me, but uh, I keep getting snagged. And I just have to keep, I just like kind of lop off my tentacles and they just keep growing back out. Wait a minute, wait a minute, back up, back up, back up, wait a minute. You have clients. Yes. And
2: you say that your connection to them, intuitive connection is you call them tentacles. Is that right? Yeah,
3: yeah, because um, when I attended your summer camp, the picture in one of the... um, activities that we did reminded me of an octopus like my octopus basically were dead and i had i i had too many connections out there and i was pulling in a lot of stuff from everyone and i it was making me unwell that's what i realized so i'm trying to continue to to do that and i keep finding myself out there and um just by the sheer nature of what okay, i do
2: first of all let me give you a um do you know that some animals like octopus octopi or whatever you call it i don't know the plural of octop- <laughs> octopus or whatever you call it that they lose a limb and they just grow another one back I know. Yes. And then sometimes. So maybe I need to pick a different one, animal. Not, no, 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 no. That's the one you picked. Now okay. everybody's hands are going up. <laughs> and sometimes, like, tweezing a hair on your face or something. Grows back. No, it doesn't, not just one. Four right. hairs grow back. <laughs> so I'm not so sure if that's a metaphor you want to use. Because yes. any woman who's ever plucked a hair knows that cutting <laughs> off that hair or plucking that hair more of them grow, and they're even stronger. Right. It's like nature does. So in in mindfulness, there's mindfulness helps you deal with anxiety. And (gasps) what you do is you handle right brain emotion with left brain emotional mind and left brain mental mind, and you balance it for wise mind. Okay? So let's just say, for example, if I, I was aware of someone who's doing something that's very wrong and unhealthy, and I woke up this morning very sick, very, very sick to my stomach, which in medical intuition is third center, which has to do with responsibility and guilt. I mean, very sick, okay? And a lot of people get the IBS, they get the uh, ulcers, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's a classic hyperactive responsibility gland. Some people gain the weight. Some people get adrenal uh, fatigue, you know, kidneys, you got your kidneys, diabetes. Suffice it to say, I was an extremist. Um, Because I was anxious for them.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I felt for them. And then intuitively, I could see pictures very accurately. And then I could see, and then I took it upon myself, third center responsibility, to try to figure out a solution for them. And I'm very good with solutions, you know, like emergency room, you start to triage the problem. I'm sure you can relate. The problem is, it's like getting a bill, a credit card bill of someone in the mail and that is is should you pay for it and so i missed i misread the situation no i was reading it correctly but you would think by continuing this was bothering me you would say okay it's hurting my stomach so i'm just going to cut off the connection like hang up the phone it doesn't work that way because then it would come back louder and louder and louder. Two tentacles would grow back, four hairs would grow back. Do you understand? Right. It doesn't yeah. work. Right. Because the brain just upregulates pathways. Uh, so that don't work. Right. That one no good. So what you do is, and that's the same thing as white lighting it. Um sticking your fingers in your ears and going, I'm not hearing this, row, row, row your boat. I mean, you hear kids that do this, I'm not hearing this, la 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 la. None of that works because all you hear is la 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 la, but you still hear it. Right. So what you do is there are you observe, describe, allow. It's called radical acceptance. You don't push up against, you say. By me trying to solve this, I'm playing like I'm this person's higher power. And you can even be um, funny about it and go, wow, I think I'm powerful here. Just because I can intuitively pick up this person's life. Wow, I think I'm powerful. I should go to the Middle East stand in the middle of between the israels and the arabs and say you know what (laughs) You people need to put your guns down for god's sakes i don't know what you're arguing about i am really powerful and while i'm at it i'm going to go to ukraine (laughs) i'm going to go everywhere this is ridiculous there's no end you can observe it and go yep they're in pain and you might even try to figure it out but you're lit it be because that's like looking at all the poison ivy in the world and trying to uproot it. You're never going to run out of poison ivy to get rid of, it, yeah. thinking that somebody's going to catch poison ivy. So I used to know this bodyguard. And whenever there was a, pro- a problem in a, uh, an event, and someone said, What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about it? He had a great way of handling it. He'd go, Hey, that's not my gig. He would say, It's not my issue. That's not my deal. I have enough responsibilities in the gig I'm dealing with. That's somebody else's gig. And he was a very empathic person. So what you have to do is just because you pick up that person's pains, you can observe it, you can describe it, you can allow it, and you can send that person a prayer. You might even tell them once or tell them twice in a nice way, and that's another form of DBT. However, if that's the correct thing to do, and sometimes what is it Dr. Phil says, God forbid, I quote Dr. Phil's father. It was his father who said, never miss an opportunity to shut your mouth, which is underutilized in my neighborhood. <laughs> but <laughs> me, me. but my point is, is that I would stop cutting off the tentacles and I would start to observe what's on the other end of the tentacle and go, oh, look at that. The world is never ending suffering. And this is another chance for me to practice mindfulness, albeit difficult. Got it? Got it. I think you might find that you are like a shortstop for the Red Sox or the Yankees or whatever baseball team you are. You're learning how to manage all those balls that are coming in your field. Do you get got it? it. Got you it. just you just receive the ball, the suffering and you throw it back home. Got it, got it. yep, good luck. so we got right. other hands here. We're gonna go to Kayla. I'm Dr. Melissa. How can I be of help, Kayla? And I'm asking you to. I guess I'm asking you to unmute, but I keep pressing unmute, and it's I'm getting a placebo interaction. Kayla, are you there? And it's not working. Kayla, ask to unmute. And I, it may uh, Kayla may have gone out for pizza, so we'll go to Kathleen O. And I think. Something wrong with my, okay, here's Kathleen. Kathleen, oh, how can I be of help? Hi, hello, nice to join you. How can I be of help? Thank you so much for coming. Um,
4: Thank you. Uh, So I have a question about uh, sleeping disorders and in relation to intuitiveness and anxiety because uh, I have not been tested. Okay, Kathleen,
2: Kathleen, how old are you? I'm 51. You're 51. And you have a question about sleeping disorders. That's like saying, I have a question about water on the face of the earth. (laughs) Okay. I mean, you understand what I'm saying. That's a big area. So, yeah, I I get it.
4: So, let me be more specific. Yeah. (laughs) My eldest daughter was diagnosed with narcolepsy uh, a few years ago. And now, recently, my Her sibling, my second daughter, uh, was just diagnosed with narcolepsy. Okay, wait a minute.
2: Back up. Back up. You're 51.
4: I'm 51, yeah.
2: And you have two daughters who are how old? 22 and 18. Okay. 22 and 18. And at 18.
4: Meeting is being recorded.
2: At 18, they find out that they have narcolepsy? Yes. You know I have a sleep disorder, right? Yes, yes, that's
4: why I wanted to ask you
2: Okay, someone's going to have to um, mute, and I keep wanting to mute myself, and that's fairly stupid, but we'll ignore me. So we can't mute Kathleen, but we can mute Mariana and everybody else. Um, so I'm going to ask you, because a lot of people, there is a couple of kinds of narcolepsy, okay? And I'm not providing a diagnosis, a treatment, or doing psychotherapy, right? Right. Okay. There's a couple of kinds of narcolepsy. It used to be thought there's a man over there who's laughing at me, David Coleman. Please don't laugh, David. I'm very. Uh, um, I have suffered from severe low self-esteem and severe anxiety. So one of them is was considered purely um, ge- genetic to the point where they diagnosed it by checking your genetics. And I can't remember the gene, but it was a gene involved. Okay, I think, it was, or tissue typing HLA-B27 or something like that. But suffice it to say, then they found out that there were some that was not genetic uh-huh. and that it was related to a virus. However, you got two daughters and either the virus was in the house and the place was completely infested or it's a gene. But nonetheless, You got two daughters, eighteen and twenty-three, unless I forgot the ages. That that are diagnosed with narcolepsy. However, at eighteen and twenty-three, which
4: well, my eldest, she was she was around seventeen when she was diagnosed. I know,
2: I know. But my point is, is this okay? For someone who has a sleep disorder, the first question they ask me is, "How long have you had a problem staying awake?" And I'm like, "Since I can remember." Yeah. I've always fallen asleep. They're like, ever since you can remember, I can't remember not falling asleep. I was the one that fell asleep everywhere. In fact, it was a great time saver. You get in the car, boom, you're there. I mean, I used to listen to people say, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I never said that because whenever I got in the car, boom, next thing I know, we're there because I was out. Yeah. So did your kids always fall asleep? Yes, like I'm dying. Yeah, chairs. Yeah, both
4: my girls. Actually, my, my one daughter was just trying. She's listening in. She's right here next to me, and that's what she was saying. Yeah, like both of my girls. Would okay,
2: just fall asleep. so I got to yeah. ask you a question. Yeah. Then how come it took from eight to age eighteen to twenty three to be diagnosed?
4: Oh well, actually, there was um, a lot of other health issues going on. My young, my eldest, she had a lot of ear infections, and uh, so she went through three surgeries. Um, No, 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 no,
2: no, 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 no. no, no.
4: But I'm sorry, I misunderstood your question.
2: No, no, it's not about the forget about the no, no. A lot of kids get ear infections. It doesn't preclude being diagnosed with narcolepsy. Okay. Um. Did your kids go to public school? Ah uh, yes. Did they go to college? Yes. How did yeah. they get diagnosed with narcolepsy?
4: Oh, uh, they went. Well, we had some uh, sleep studies done through um, some other uh, health-related uh, circumstances. Like my eldest, when she was in high school, was having a lot of. Uh, she was blacking out a lot and passing out often. Uh, missing classes and uh, yes. and she was also yeah. the cardiologist. Yeah. yeah, she was seeing a cardiologist. She was seeing um, a neurologist and also um, a gynecologist. And so some other through some other testing and things, it was just brought to go with the neurologist. It became okay. Let's get you into sleep study.
2: So other than ears there's other health problems. Yes. Yes, yeah, she had
4: a lot some a host of other health problems, yes.
2: Okay. So my point uh, the same is Same thing is with my yes. youngest. Not, okay. So therefore therefore it's not just a sleep disorder. Right. Because okay. I'll tell you why.
0: Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield, May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Okay.
2: Because several years ago.
4: I got it now.
2: I don't know why there's a problem here with this. Um, Several years ago, people were talking about diet pills, obesity treatments, and they came up with the word Orexin. And I'm like, wait a minute now, Orexin. Orexin, O R E X I N. And that was a similar word that they were banting around with treatments for narcolepsy. And I didn't understand this. And I, I looked that up and it was like son of a gun. It's true. And the reason why is because there's a connection between sleep and insulin. And weights. I don't have true narcolepsy. Okay. I have a very rare f- sleep disorder. I was diagnosed by a guy named Quentin Registein. R-E-G-E-S-T-E-I-N. He's a very, very old man now. He's at Brigham and Women's. Um, because I, um, and I also have epilepsy. I have complex partial seizures because mine respond to anticonvulsants, which makes me a good medical intuitive. Um, Real good medical intuitives historically have temporal epilepsy. But suffice it to say, my form of sleep disorder is idiopathic hypersomnia. And the reason why is because there are two reasons that you go immediately, and I've recently (laughs) revisited this, you go immediately from non-REM1, which is wakefulness or drowsiness, to non-rem 4, 3, deep sleep, which a lot of people have enough trouble getting into. I immediately go into deep sleep from wakefulness. I'm gone. Not dreaming rem, but non-rem 4. When I got, I went from a Fitbit to a um an aura ring. And a friend of mine and I compared it. And I got aggravated because I looked at it and it was like, I would immediately go from non-REM one right to deep sleep. And I started falling asleep everywhere and I was really upset. I started thinking, did I hit sleep apnea after my neck surgery? And I went to my um, neurosurgeon after my neck surgery because I thought the structure of my neck had changed things. And he looked at me like I was very strange. And he said, you don't have sleep apnea. And I went, why? And he had that look like, you know, when you see a kitten with two heads. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you don't have sleep apnea. And I went, why? And he said, because you, um, you fall asleep, you go into REM. And people who have sleep apnea, they don't ever go in the REM because they don't fall asleep because they stop breathing. He said, you have a problem. There's something different, very different about your brain because you miss all the sleep stages in between. It's not narcolepsy. I don't go from wakefulness to REM. I go from wakefulness to non-REM three or four. And that you only do for two different reasons. One, if you're sleep deprived and two, if you have Idiopathic functional hypersomnia, which is very rare. I'm not sleep deprived. I sleep eight hours to nine hours a day. But if you look at me, and so I gave it to my, I gave my aura report to um, Laura Day. And Laura Day said to me, You're an idiot. You have narcolepsy, which is shorthand for saying you have hypersomnia. She said, You've always been that way. You fall asleep like that. I've seen you fall asleep like that all the time. You're talking to you and you fall asleep. My point is, is this. When I used to have this, if I fell asleep like that, for one day, I'd gain a pound. The next day, I'd gain a pound. The third day, I'd gain a pound. And doctors thought I had an eating disorder when really it affected not just eating, weight gain, but hormones. I would get a second opinion about my daughter's sleep disorders. Because if they have that many health problems, including hormones and or possibly weight, and or insulin, it is possible that they have a, a, a related kind of sleep disorder that create, creates a bunch of other related hormonal problems. I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm simply saying. But the other thing is, I would also consider something like DBT to help a person manage emotions because every well everybody in his month alone doesn't know, but that's a Rhode Island phrase. I come from Rhode Island. Whenever you want to phrase something. And lower its sensitivity, you go. Everyone and his mother-in-law knows, everyone and his mother-in-law knows that sleep is in the hypothalamus, and the hypothalamus is connected to the temporal lobe, which is area for emotion and wait for it, intuition. Yes. And I learned very quickly when I was anxious, angry, sad, or I was near someone who was anxious, angry, or sad, I would fall asleep. And it was good for a pound. And I realized whenever I went somewhere and there was someone who was angry, I would fall asleep and I'd gain a pound. And as far as I was concerned, why would I not do that? I might as well eat a dozen donuts and I would have more fun. <laughs> I would go home, run a bunch of miles to lose the weight, eat very little, only to go back to that person Them being angry, me and being anxious, falling asleep again, gaining another pound and repeat as needed. And I went, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this anymore. I would gain weight, miss the movie. People would say, did you go see, um, I don't know, the movie about Mozart? I went, yeah, I went to see the movie. And they say, what do you think? I didn't see it. You went to the movie and didn't see it. I didn't see the movies in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. There's whole sets of movies I didn't see. I would go to the movie. I went three times to see the movie Amadeus, which is about Mozart. Before, I I had to piece it together. I saw the beginning, but not the middle of the end. I saw the middle, but not the beginning and the ends. And then I saw the ending, but not the middle and the beginning. And the thing is, I had to see the whole thing to find out, oh my God, the guy was an alcoholic and had a very difficult life. My life is about piecing things together and that's where the intuition comes from. But it wasn't until I did D, B, T that I learned to regulate emotions, be aware of their anger, my response to it, anxiety, observe, describe, allow, and learned how to have emotional hygiene, not carry the emotion in my body. Because I'm like, um, what do you call it? A tuning fork. If I carry it and not throw the ball out, I'm going to fall asleep. Years ago, people asked me to speak at the American Narcolepsy Association. (laughs) (laughs) At first I said yes. And then I went, no, nope, not going to do it. Because I'm a very nervous person. I'm socially phobic. And I realized I'd be so anxious speaking. I fall asleep at the podium. And whether it's narcolepsy, epilepsy, or idiopathic functional hypersomnia, it is not. I would fall asleep and then the whole audience would fall asleep and no one would be awake. I mean, the whole thing would go to hell in a handbasket. (laughs) Well, if I would, if I would tell you, I, it took me six years to get to Brown. Those were the narcolepsy epilepsy, whatever you want to call years. I got run over by a truck. I, I didn't see the truck. I went across the street. Next thing I know, I'm on the pavement. I must've fallen asleep. I had all kinds of bills ambulances that i ended up in the emergency room god knows why all i'm saying is it's very dangerous medicines can only have work for so much but in the end emotions make it worse diet makes it worse and by the way there's seven you're not going to like this part so brace yourself effie (laughs) there are 17 and 23 this is their brain they have one life to live it used to be a soap opera yeah, they got to learn. You got to learn how to drive your car. You get an owner's manual. This is their brain. They got to learn how to work it. And by the way, I noticed you don't say you have narcolepsy. No, no. because I was never diagnosed. No, 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 no. It's an end of a sentence. I noticed, comma, you don't have narcolepsy. Okay, noticed. you noticed. Thank you. Okay, no, no. So daughter number one doesn't have has it, daughter number two has it. So yeah. therefore, Somebody else is associated in the situation. is that correct?
4: Well, um he wasn't diagnosed either, so
2: it doesn't it doesn't matter. The okay. point of the matter is there's a situation here that they gotta handle that is yes. not that is not your gig right See how I snuck up on you. Instead of saying I'm about to do a reading, <laughs> I, I didn't do it that way. I went no. in a suspicious route. I gave you the information in the way you wanted to hear, but then I nabbed you. <laughs> the only exactly. way there's a guy here with the name of Art, and Art's going son of a gun. <laughs> I don't know if I want to. I'm going to put my hand down. She's terrifying. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying to you? Because I wouldn't have a career, a career, I wouldn't have a career if I didn't have a funny brain. You don't want to stand in the way of them having careers. Oh, right. Absolutely. And you are a very sweet lady. They came to the show. When they get off the show, they're going to go and they're going to find out how to use the brain that's on their head. But you don't have this problem. It's not your gig, but nope. you have, you have gifts. And now that you've bequeathed them, guess what I've granted to you? You are on breast rest. You know what breast rest is? Yes. Area is closed Going <laughs> <The cafeteria laughs> <is not laughs> to help them anymore. They now know what they need to do. They've talked to someone who's been handled this. And I remember years later, I was an intern at, um, the Connie Hospital. We used to call it the Connie. I was in my internship. And I walked up in a white coat. Mona Lisa Schultz, MD, PhD. And there was Dr. Quentin Registering. Weird. You see this guy? I go, Dr. Registering. He goes, yes. I said, do you remember me? He looks at me. Years later. And he leans back and he goes, oh, you're that woman that has that big rod in her back that falls asleep everywhere. (laughs) I had no idea the rod was an issue. Little did I know that that rod would become a big issue because the rod fell all apart. But I didn't even know it was an issue, but he remembered it because he knew that the rod was part of the head problem. I didn't know that because the rod is connected to the head. But Mm -hmm. my point is, is, he remembered me. After all those years. And you know what he said to me? He said, you've done well. I won, son of a gun. So now you're in breast rest. I'm muting you. And your daughters are going to fly off and be, as my violin teacher used to say, you will practice, you will practice, and you will play brilliantly. Okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck to each daughter, daughter number one and daughter number two. We will go to Kayla, which I will try to unmute again, and that unmute button does not work. So we will go to Logan, who I will try to unmute, and that one will not unmute. Oh, yes, it's it did. Logan unmuted. And that yes. I was beginning to throw this computer out the window. Logan, how can I be of help?
1: Good. Um, I have, a, I think, a question related to the topic today about anxiety and all that. Um, I actually was just in the hospital this morning, unfortunately, and um, you look I'm, great.
2: You're looking you. good.
1: <laughs> thank you. I, I think I'm getting better. But Sunday, I got an extremely what seemed like a really bad case of dehydration. Um, I'm in New Me- I'm in Mexico in an area I've just come to recently.
2: How old are you?
1: Forty two and i i got the feedback from my test results that
2: don't say I, anything don't say anything okay okay cuz otherwise i'll be called by the zoom and the zoom will take away my account they'll say oh, you're right. supposed to do this the first right. thing i see is you're a very nurturing person you're a very caring person yes and there's someone in your past who tends to go after what they want. Opportunistic is another way of saying it. Okay. Tends to go after what they want and doesn't see the impact of their behavior on others, meaning they're opportunistic. Right. And um, like a parasite. Okay. Parasites are opportunistic. They consume resources of the host and once the host gets sick and is about to kill over, they got to find another one. Mm-hmm. And so somehow this individual took advantage of you on some level. You didn't realize it, but you were taking care of them. And then they took off and you got sick. I see that you have other wonderful people that are in your life to take care of you but it doesn't it doesn't provide the nutrient that this other person did that these other people make you feel alone because the presence of someone for you to take care of makes you feel like you're with somebody and that's a pattern you've got to stop it's um they're not relationships they're um, daycare centers or foster care centers or something like that. I look at your head. I see a pressure in your head area. I can't figure out if it's vascular hormonal or what that is. It could be due to problems with sodium or what you call dehydration, but it's a pressure more on one side than the other. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I look at your heart. I look at your left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast, esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder. I see something different in your right upper quadrant of your abdomen. I can't figure out if there were problems with fats, oils, that you may have had problems with liver function in the past, or some virus that affected that right upper quadrant near where your liver would be. It just feels like a red dotted pattern there. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder. I look at your prostate. I look at the joints in your hands, wrists, elbows, shoulders, hips, knees, and ankles. I look at your neck, upper back, lower back, and sacral areas. I see achiness in your lower back. And um, like a, um, a sweating, uh, a mild, like a, a a sweating, in Chinese medicine, they call it um, empty yin, like it's empty heat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a low-grade kind of fever, but it's not. It's not a fever, but it's like 99 or less than 100. Can you please it tell me your health like- concern? I'm sorry, go ahead. It kind of
1: feels like a fever, but it doesn't really register.
2: It's not a fever. I mean, but it feels like it's sweating and it feels like you're hot, but it's not really a fever. Can you please yeah. tell me your health concerns?
1: Well, it seems uh, that there's, I, I always have a struggle with the brain and the head and the pressures in the head. So
2: you do have a pressure in your head.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it got really exacerbated with this mysterious thing over these last few days. And I've been told that my liver.
2: Oh, you do sorry, have a liver problem.
1: my I'm sorry, my kidneys. <clears throat> I think liver and kidneys, but I've been told kidneys are starting to act up and I need to be careful before something develops. Wait a minute, wait
2: a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What were the blood tests you were about to say about the blood tests and I cut you off because I wanted to do it completely blind? Go ahead.
1: Um, They they were just uh, lab tests that showed that there's a little bit of crystal in the uh, kidneys, so I need to be vigilant so they don't develop into something else. And there was a little bit of blood in the urine. So it's just been a strange acting up of everything around a time that I was very thirsty and out in the middle of town here that it sort of kicked off after teaching a workshop for three and a half hours, which I probably didn't stay very hydrated throughout. But... um, And the person, I, I'm sure I know who that is that you mentioned.
2: There is something else that you need to think about. Are you left-handed or ambidextrous?
1: Uh, my mother says I'm a little bit ambidextrous, she, she claims, but I've always just used my right hand for most things.
2: Um, what was your health like before this?
1: Um, a little bit of tiredness. The headaches were already there for a few years, but this uh, just something got really accelerated somehow. Um, but I've never heard anything about my little bit of Chinese medicine. People have told me that they were looking at my liver and, and kidneys a lot, but mostly the complaint has just been the headaches until recently.
2: Um, have you ever had right upper quadrant pain? Had what? Digestion problems underneath your rib cage on the right side.
1: Um, not that I know of. I was told by an intuitive that I should check out my renal blood pressure. So I don't know if that might be what you're... You're
2: only 42.
1: 42 is too or young for that, I guess.
2: And anybody else in your family have problems with um, kidney disease or jaundice?
1: I don't know if if anyone did it would be my grandfather's probably my mother's father but I'm not sure about that I could ask you
2: you need to follow up because it doesn't sound like it's a garden variety renal problem because people who get dehydrated people who get dehydrated and get renal problems it's not just that they get colic they get colic they get pain. This doesn't feel no. like the same thing. And no. you need to get to the States and go to a really good medical center because, quite frankly, this sounds peculiar. Yeah. You don't get... um You get a colicky, really serious pain mm. Um, where you get dehydrated. First of all, a lot of people get dehydrated. They don't get crystals in their urine. Okay, hello. Yeah. And then second of all... Um, this vague, vague pseudo fever thing is weird because people don't get that. With um they just don't complain of that kind of fever like thing or pseudo fever, a low grade fever with a kidney issue, with kidney stones and dehydration, plus the fact that they don't complain of the head thing. It isn't like a multi. That's it. That's it. Well, that's what I'm trying to say. It's not like a multi-system malaise thing. Okay. Do you understand? Yeah. And Chinese medicine, though they call it liver spleen and stuff like that and kidney, it's a different system. Kidney is like adrenal gland. Mm -hmm. You want to think about it that way. Kidney meridian is about adrenal gland. And liver is hormones and muscle twitchy thingies. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. It's a different system. But you're complicated. There's something different and you need to get back. But the last time you had that person, you need to talk to someone about your pattern of having these rehabilitative relationships where you get a um, person who's, I don't want to say a pet, but somebody who you take care of and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy, but then they take you for a ride and then you feel hurt, and then you feel alone. Your friends go, they're there now, and they support you, but then you really feel alone, only to repeat again. I have a friend who did this, and she went through three divorces, lost royalties in several books. Keep going through the divorces. And finally, I said, in your office, you know, Feng Shui, I said, do you have like a Xerox machine and you love and marriage area and she said oh my god you're kidding copy machine she said i have a copy machine in my love and marriage area which is in my office i said get it the hell out of there because every single relationship you have is a carbon copy of the other one
1: Mm. get it
2: out of there it was odd i cannot tell you i don't know what's happened since i think she still married the husband number three who is one of those people that you meet at a party What a sad sack. You go up to them. They don't introduce themselves. You kind of introduce yourself, but they don't say anything. And then at the end, you go, it's nice meeting you. And they say, that would be great since we haven't been introduced. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) that kind of person. These are the people you've been kind of involved with. Kind of like, not like you. You're sweet. You're energetic. I could have people lines up outside of your house, around the corner, around the building, I mean, what's going on with you? Let's get it together.
1: Right.
2: This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I wish that person who called me on the phone had called earlier. They're still on the phone. They're going to have to wait till next week. Thank you so much. I thank you for joining me on this Zoom. I will see you next week. Uh, Be healthy, do right, live brilliantly. Thank you so, so much. This has been Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Have a great week. See you next week.
1: I'm Victoria
3: Moran.